Welcome to Tea with the Changemakers. This week, I have a very interesting guest who is behind the national campaign Eat Them to Defeat Them. You may have seen their TV advert on ITV. And before we get started, let's take a listen. They come from deep underground. Their plan? To take over the world. For years, the grown-ups have been keeping the veg invasion at bay. But they can't do it alone. They need your help, kids. You're going down, peace. <laughs> I'm helping to defeat them. Join the fight. Eat them to defeat them. So this week, let me introduce our guest, Dan Parker from Veg Power. Hello, good morning. <laughs> it's great to have you on the show. Uh, so you're the founder and chief executive of a community interest company called Veg Power. And I understand Veg Power is on a 10-year mission to turn around vegetable consumption in the UK, particularly in children, because one third of primary school children in Britain are overweight or obese, and 80% are just not eating enough veg. And you want to see every child in the UK eating one more portion of veg every day. And it's a great mission and something I'm sure a lot of people will be backing you on. Um, I'm interested before we talk about Veg Power, your organisation, to first understand where this passion for the mission started. Well, I mean, my background's in marketing and advertising, um, which I did for uh, about 25 years before uh, running agencies and working in agencies with lots of big FMCG brands and mm. uh, and, and grocery companies and things of that nature. And um, I closed down my agency to, to, to try and do something uh, in the world of public health and try and Im, Im, improve people's diets. Because the interesting thing is, is we, our scientific community knows the answer to most of the problems the world faces, whether that's dietary health or climate change or other things there. We mm. have the science. What we fail to do as a society is to communicate that science to people and embed it into people's emotions and actions and desires. And so as a result, many things don't work. That job is a piece of communications job. It's about, you know, it's what anybody who's worked in marketing, advertising, done all their life, saying, well, what's the thing? What do we want people to feel? What do we want people to think? What do we want people to do? And how do we take that science and turn it into the art of communication? Mm. So there's always been a passion there that's believed that actually the thing that's really missing in our public health agenda is, is inspiration and excitement and the things that make it desirable and that's what people from the world of advertising are good at, right? Mm, absolutely. And you've got a huge amount of experience in the industry, as you've said. But why do you think vegetables aren't attractive to kids and are almost demonised? Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a complex question with multiple answers. So the first thing to appreciate is that our tolerance for bitterness increases as we get older. So we have a particular hormone that gives us a tolerance for bitterness. And that hormone becomes more acute the older we become. So it is true that actually a lot of children won't like bitter vegetables, and mm. that's fine. So don't try and feed them a cabbage or something of that nature, because it, they probably just dislike it in a way that, they, that, that us as adults may not quite get that strength of flavour. So, so therefore, think about well, what, what are the vegetables that kids should eat? Also think about how you present the vegetables that kids should eat, which we've done wrong in the past. So those kind of slushy, slimy broccoli that you get for school dinners that nobody likes. Right? Mm. Um, thankfully, school dinners have improved immeasurably since I was at school, but they used to be quite challenging to, to <laughs> like. Right? <laughs> what we've also seen is that there has come a very cheap cultural joke, which is the kind of broccoli moment that we've seen in way too many 
mm. kids' cartoons. Uh, so that contributes to it. And then also we can contribute in our homes. Every time you say to a child, eat your broccoli, or you can't have a pudding unless you eat your vegetables, any comment like that is what you're doing is you're reinforcing the negative stereotypes around the vegetables. Mm. And so all these things combine to create a perception with children that, that vegetables are disgusting, uh, vegetables are a chore, vegetables are unpleasant, vegetables that you have to eat rather than being a joy. I mean, nobody ever said, you know, make sure you finish your chocolate <laughs> or, you know, if, if you eat up all those sweeties, you're going to have a radish, radish afterwards, right? <laughs> I mean, so, you know, we are, we are creating negative environments. You just wouldn't see in homes in, say, France, for example, which doesn't have anything like the problems that we do, where they have a, a much healthier food environment than we do both in homes and in restaurants and in schools. We tend to lean in towards demonising that which is healthy as seeing it as not necessarily that which is happy. Mm-hmm. So you wanted to use advertising and communications to change the perception, to inspire kids to, you know, build those vegetable loving habits that they'll keep for life and hopefully will spread down through their, uh, through the generations, I guess, really. Yeah, it also spreads up to generations. Is An awful lot of parents mm-hmm. tend to cook what their kids will eat and we see that coming through. So the children have an immense influence over the family's diet. Um, we need to, we need to take a, a step back. And the mistake we've made in the past society is that we think about how we educate people towards eating healthy food. So we tend to say, well, here's the eat well plate. Let's talk about vitamins and minerals and nutrition and cancer and diabetes and, and these other things. And we, what we do is we just, by through that kind of messaging, we, A, reinforce the idea that healthy food is dull and unpleasant. Mm-hmm. Um, but also we just, you know, it's boring. Mm. Right? And anybody who's had primary school age kids knows how much fun am I having now is pretty much the only gear they have. Mm. And mm. so, you know, talking about nutrition and long-term health conditions just goes straight over their head. So you, you have to, and this is something I guess I learned from working with an awful lot of uh, quick service restaurants and beverage companies and things of that nature, is you have to find fun and joy and happiness in food mm. uh you know there's an old adage that says that people don't buy health they buy happiness and the, if people are presented with a choice between happiness or health they invariably choose happiness mm. and therefore if ever you're trying to market health you have to market it through a lens of happiness in order to be successful Mm, you're so right, Dan. I understand this as a social marketeer and social scientist. Marketing done well is really about tapping into our wants and needs. And when it comes to food, we want to consume not only with the objective of getting full, but with an objective of feeling fulfilled. So making the experience fun, joyful and creating that happiness. And, you know, people think veg can be boring and health is often promoted and sometimes perceived as dull hard and, and as I said boring with the joy extracted but veg power is really you know making a difference here by putting the fun back into vegetable consumption yeah I mean you know um I wouldn't say vegetables boring I've said lots of people think vegetables are boring mm. they don't need to be boring I mean if you if you if you arrived on a spaceship on earth today there are a few things that taste sweeter than a fresh seasoned carrot right mm or a nicely chosen tomato, or a butternut squash roasted in the oven. I mean, they're just amazingly sweet tastes. Mm. We just have a perception in our head that they're not. And that is, that is totally 
cultural and uh, and being built and grown by society rather than innately natural mm. Mm. ingrained in us isn't it really over the over the generations really yeah and there's, there's a flip side it's not only is it ingrained uh for such things to be a chore and boring but then there's a counter argument that says other food products that are not necessarily a healthy choice are being marketed to us so strongly as being exciting and liberating and empowering and making us sexier and cooler and all these <laughs> other things that is the promise that sits with so many unhealthier foods mm. that, that, that casts a very big shadow over the sort of real food, the fresh produce, because you know, things like a tomato or for that matter, an egg or a milk or something of that nature are never really going to have the kind of marketing budget and marketing clout that branded um goods will have and so they all look rather dull in comparison to the glamour and excitement that comes through so strongly in the messaging around so many packaged goods mm. and processed food mm. Mm. they're selling the happiness as you say yeah and then if you see as an alternative that if you remember as an example a great piece of advertising was the Yo Valley Farmers, if you remember that ad, mm. where they had all these very, very kind of hunky, good-looking farmers, and it was quite <laughs> funny, and it was a really nice mm. piece of advertising, and it had such a hugely positive impact on Yo Valley as a brand, even though at the end of the day, Yo Valley is selling sort of milk products and, and yogurts and things of that nature. And so it took a, a wonderful piece of creative genius to, to try and put something that's sort of more like real food on the li- on a sort of similar sort of pegging that you might get for ultra processed food but that becomes it is possible it's just hard to do because the budgets aren't there uh with the outside of the sort of processed food marketplace mm, yeah absolutely i mean money does talk doesn't it and uh, when budgets are small you have little choice but to try and get creative to get that uh, that key message across so what are some of the ways you've combated this lack of budget dan when we first looked at and we once we sort of launched and we've gone through a crowdfunding with lots of money and we came into existence and we got approached by ITV who said that we'd like to support what you're doing how can we support you and we said well you give us loads of advertising and they said great okay no problem they agreed to give us three million pounds of advertising and they've subsequently given us three million pounds of advertising every year since uh, on channel four and sky and we have them lined up again next year so we'll be knocking on for close to 20 million pounds of advertising we've had donated led by my tv fantastic yes yeah, so we then looked at that and we and we asked we asked a very simple question we said why don't kids eat more vegetables and we sent that question off just to one question to lots of different kinds of people so we sent it to child psychologists educators school caterers supermarkets children's entertainers all sorts of different people and they all answered in a uniquely different way some sent me sort of 25 page academic papers other ones sort of <laughs> sent me had a chat on the phone for five minutes which is great but actually what they all boiled down to was this kind of dynamic that exists in the home where many children think of vegetables as boring or disgusting and many parents are concerned around friction around the dinner table is one of the principal concerns and stress and effort and they're concerned about food waste particularly those on lower incomes and particularly in the current economic climate and so what happens is that vegetables become this kind of point of friction it's almost like a sort of currency in a battle of wills between children and their parents around the dinner table which all too often unfortunately is a quite a a, 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 a a complex space i mean our surveys show that 48% of parents say they struggle to get their kids to eat vegetables at all. Okay? Mm. Now, if you go into that environment, we then say, well, okay, 
with what we did, we, we took, we looked at all the vegetable adverts from around the world and they all broadly followed the same sort of one or two patterns. So you've got a kind of burly farmer with wicker basket with muddy vegetables and the wholesome sunshine of the land. Mm. Or there'd be sort of annoying dancing broccoli characters with big grins on their faces. Mm. And, and we looked at these things and then you would also sort of get the sort of 25,000 pound kitchen scene of these beautiful, perfect children coming in from the garden, having played with a dog who's saying, oh, mummy, mummy, what is that for tea today? And all these other things that don't exist. Mm. <laughs> and we looked at all of those. And the one thing they all had in common, they've been used all over the world in that same format, is none of them have ever worked. What we did next is we brought in some kids. And we asked them to bring in their favourite thing. Okay. And we got visuals of their favourite thing. We put them on the wall. And back at, back at that point in time, it was, lo it was lots of sort of youtube stuff and gaming stuff, which is still very popular. And things like the, um, those crazy bows the girls were wearing about seven or eight years, uh, five or six years ago. And lots of other things. And we looked at it. We stood it up on the wall. And you could immediately see this huge, great contrast in colour and this huge, great contrast in energy mm. that was coming from what they liked to how veg had been advertised. And we said, well, okay, we need to lean into that. We also need to lean into the fact that as far as kids are concerned, vegetables are the enemy. And the, one of the first things we do is we have to put them and the parents on the same side. So we, we created this creative idea, which is eat them to defeat them, which is, you know what, kids, you're right. <laughs> the vegetables are evil and they're coming to take over the world. But there's only one way you can defeat them is you've got to eat them. Right? <laughs> now, Every kid gets its a ruse to get them to eat more vegetables. Right? They're, they, but what's beautiful at that age is they have the ability, they have such a wonderful ability to suspend belief and immerse themselves totally into a fantasy. And if you look at kids' fantasies, often not the children are heroes, the world is upside down, the parents are incompetent, and the kid, through some kind of magicalness, has to save the day, is the narrative of most children's stories. So if you sort of say, well, you've got to, you know, the parents can't keep up, we need your help, kids, you've got to eat them to defeat them, but there's only one way to defeat them, right? It, they just think it's funny and it's silly and they play and they want to get involved. But you have to be quite brave. It was quite a brave decision to do that because it could come back far quite horribly. But it didn't, did it? It, it didn't backfire at all because it, it, it says here over 1 million children took part in your Eat Them to Defeat Them schools programme and 66% said that they ate more veg as a result. That's fantastic. Yeah, it, I mean, it just gets bigger and bigger. It is hugely successful. Uh, and what's interesting is um, we, we've just uh, finished the surveys for 2022, and 37% of the parents said that they ate more vegetables because their kids ate more vegetables. Brilliant. So we're permeating through, and we're getting stronger every year. Um but if we go back four years, we knew the kids would get the joke and they would find the joke funny. That was easy to understand and easy to test in focus groups, things of that nature. Would the kids then ultimately eat the vegetables was the kind of the unknown factor. Um, but say we, we do uh, econometric analysis of all the retail sales data and covering the sort of 2019 to 2021 period, we generated an extra £92 million worth of sales at retail directly as a result of the campaign. Wow. which is equivalent to about a billion children's portions. And um, the campaign we've just done this year is, is more than twice the size of the year before, uh, and we're set to be again next year. So I think we're making some lasting difference. 
Yeah, you absolutely are. I was going to ask you actually, because we all know we're in a cost of living crisis at the moment. How do you think that might impact a campaign like this? Yeah, so it's uh, it's a worry. Right? What's happening at the moment with the cost of living is that the, the cost of vegetables is not actually going up very much. Vegetables are still extraordinarily cheap mm. uh, and cheaper here than, you know, a head of broccoli is about uh, well, six, seven years ago, a head of broccoli was 45p. It's now 52p. In France, it's 85p. And that gives you a good picture. Our veg are very, very cheap. Mm. What's happening, though, is there's a huge, great upward price increase on other parts of people's shopping basket, particularly around sort of packaged goods and things of that nature. And so as people's overall budget gets squeezed, we're seeing a lot of people putting, you know, where they've got to make a decision to lose two or three items in the basket to make their money work, we're seeing that the vegetables are the things that are coming out, uh, particularly sort of that kind of third portion that might exist, third bag of carrots or third bag of vegetables. Now, we did some, some survey work on this, and, and 49% of families on lower household incomes, so incomes under £30,000 per year, say that they have reduced the amount of vegetables in their shop because of the overall pressure on their basket. Now, that's... That's going in the wrong direction mm. uh, and is a source of great concern. Mm, that's not good news, is it? And um, yeah, the cost of living crisis is really affecting so many families. And you mentioned low income families, but it really is affecting, you know, just about everyone. You know, the cost of food has gone up. So it's not really good to hear that the items that people are putting back on the shelves are the items that are going to help us and, you know, keep healthy like vegetables. So what are you doing as part of the campaign to address the cost of living crisis to make sure that vegetables are kept in baskets? In terms of our, how we reflect that in our work, um, we're doing a lot of work at the moment talking to parents about um, how they can, uh, looking at affordability, looking at ways to use your leftovers and see them as the, the start of the next meal, how to buy with the seasons where you like to find better prices, how to sort of batch cook things and the save on energy and we're looking at an awful lot of things through the lens of cost of living because it's what we're seeing is is perhaps one to two million people are tipping over from just about managing to um struggling at the moment Mm, it's shocking that one to two million people are struggling and we're only going to see those numbers rise i think uh, through the autumn and into the winter uh, but it's really good to see that you are promoting practical ways to make sure that veg does stay in the shopping basket like batch cooking and uh, promoting seasonal veg for example um, but you know let's talk about the next stage of this campaign I hear that uh, with all of this in mind you are launching a new campaign called Simply Veg very soon can you tell us a little bit about that? So for the last Four years, we've been talking to kids and we were getting really quite good at getting the kids really excited. And they come running home from school going, guess what? I tried broccoli today. <laughs> and um, and the parents go, what? Uh, <laughs> what we need to do now is we need to spend some time talking to the parents. And we've done a lot of work sitting down with parents over the last year or two. Um, and what we hear back is, is it's, it's all about... Um, Life gets in the way of our best intentions. That's the reality for everybody, isn't it? Mm. And if you're sitting there with kids, that's even more so. If you're sitting there with lower incomes, that's even more so. And so we don't have to, we don't have, 90% or more of people know that you're supposed to eat five a day. And there isn't a parent on the planet who wouldn't go to hell and back for their child. But it's tough on a busy Tuesday night. So we have to make it as easy as possible for parents and carers to get more vegetables into their families. Now, 
the simple answer to that, of course, is recipes, but actually that's, it's such an oversimplification of the problem that it almost causes a greater problem if all you do is talk about it. Mm. It's actually as much about um, uh, how you run a home, how you bring a family together. You know, I don't want to, the word parenting is a really, really tricky sort of word. Mm. Um, but let's talk about giving people the, the tips and techniques on how you make um make it as easy as possible to get more veg into your kids. Now, what we'll be launching in September with Simply Veg for those parents and carers is there'll be one simple idea a month coming from, from, uh, from real leading specialists in nutrition and childcare, but really simplified down towards family life. We've got, uh, we've got DreamWorks coming on board with Kung Fu Panda. We've got a great project lined up then with November. We've got loads and loads of, uh, fantastic chefs and things coming in and we're, we're introducing a, a thing called which is a bit like dear deirdre from anybody who's old enough to remember i'm old is enough to remember dear deirdre right. unfortunately so, so it's an agony arm for um for vegetables and feeding your family and we're, we're running in pilot mode we've got five and a half thousand parents signed up for pilot mode at the moment to be a launch officially in september and then we're asking them to send in their questions and then we take those questions and we take it to absolute top top expert in the field and they give us back their answer but then we we put the simple filter on it we say well that's that's too expensive and that's mm. going to take too much time and that requires ingredients people don't have in their cupboard normally and that's got a lot of washing up in it and things that people don't want and we will take those answers and we will make it as simple and digestible and actionable as possible so for example this month we have one parent write in about the fact their kids only eat raw veg and they're very keen to get their kids eating cooked veg with their hot dinners. And so we went to uh, the folks over at Taste Ed, who are sort of specialists in sensory education. And we'll be sending a response about how texture in food and how important it is. And actually texture is often more important than flavor with children. Mm. And some kids like crunchy vegetables and some people come, some kids cut and crunchy vegetables. So they'd rather have a cold cooked carrot and a raw carrot uh, and so actually understanding and exploring your child's texture preference as important as understanding their taste preference mm -hmm. and then lean into it and celebrate it don't try to fight it and make the most of it because you're otherwise you're going to be uh, paddling against the tide mm -hmm. so that all comes out in september it's a big national poster campaign and uh we are hoping to get thousands of parents signed up and uh we're going out on tiktok and all the other kind of social channels. And uh, hopefully we can build a really big community of, of everybody getting behind parents in what is a tough job of raising healthy kids. You're right. It's a tough job uh, raising healthy kids. Um, and you're filling a void in terms of the marketing communications for this issue. But you and I know that marketing alone isn't going to solve this issue. So it's good to see that the campaign is more than just a TV ad. You have developed a range of support and it's building around the campaign and your key messages. So what else needs to happen to increase vegetable consumption in kids? And what can we do to help support parents to raise healthy children? Who are the best people to support parents is the question we keep ask. And the answer is people like them. Mm. And mm -hmm. so the more we can build, you know, this is, we're talking about the, the, the age of social media. We need to think of ourselves as more as about convening a community rather than broadcasting a message. Mm -hmm. And we can make Jamie Oliver and Hugh Fernie, which he's still improve part of that community. We can make the top nutritionists part of that community. We can make, 
Kung Fu Panda and others. So it all just a sense of everybody coming together and being there to support those parents. And the more we can have parents helping parents and the more uh, we can, parents can see that other parents struggle with this too. So part of the reason the Dear Deirdre thing is to make people feel included. So if you're saying, here's a question that you might have asked yourself from somebody who clearly has a similar life situation to yourself mm. and you get an answer you can relate to, then you, you become more comfortable about sticking your own hand up, feeling like you're part of that community. And I think really for any campaign to succeed in this day and age, you have to see of it as a convening thing rather than the broadcasting thing. And that's our job is to convene that community around a, a, a shared ambition, I think a shared hope. Mm. And if someone's listening, a parent or even a public health professional, what would you, how, how could they get involved? What would you like to see from them? Okay, so, um, well, for some of your audience, um, we are putting this poster campaign out in September. We have a very, very modest budget, which we intend to make go a very long way. So we have people all over communities helping us get the message out. So we've got posters going up in public buildings, in schools, in health centres. We've got people sticking it out on their social, up on their websites, all sorts of people, healthy weight clubs, just all sorts of people, doctor surgeries. We have just thousands of people running around getting this message out and we'll be sending out posters and digital assets and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. And to actually see just how big a grassroots movements we can build because we can get our millions of advertising from ITV, which is lovely, but there will ultimately be a cap on this. This campaign needs to come up from the grassroots. And so therefore anybody can help us get the message out. We'd love to hear from them. We'd love to hear from them now. Uh, and they can go to vegpower.org.uk and contact us through there. I would love their support. For parents, this is going to launch at the end of September. Um, it'll be, again, same URL, vegpower.org.uk. And then there'll be lots of things that they can do, lots of assets for them to access and competitions to enter and things to read and videos to watch and, and things they can do. But they, that won't be in place until the last week of September. What is really excited about this campaign is that it's really pulling all the available levers. So utilising the power and reach of TV and film like ITV and Kung Fu Panda, but also creating a social movement at grassroots level to really help spread the mission far and wide. And I think with Dan leading this and the passion that he brings to it, which I'm, I'm sure you could all hear through this week's episode, I think this campaign is going to be a huge success. Thanks, guys. Thanks for the opportunity. If you enjoyed this week's episode, then remember to subscribe to us wherever you're listening and always remember that you can check out our website at social-change.co.uk then head for the teacup in the top right-hand corner to find out more about Tea with the Changemakers.